Hi everyone, welcome to the new episode of Open World. Today here with us we have Yuhei Nasu. Hi Yuhei, how are okay, you? Yuhei. Welcome. I'm very good, thank you for having me. Welcome. Um, so we wanted to introduce you to this amazing guest that we have today here with us. Yuhei is a veteran of the game localization industry with 12 years of experience under his belt, most recently as a localization producer for EA. Born in Japan and raised in England, Germany, and the US, Yuhei returned to Japan in 2006 to pursue a career in localization. Yuhei has had a healthy obsession with video games since he received his first Game Boy at the age of five. And when he's not gaming, Yuhei spends his time on music and skateboarding. So, hi, Yuhei. Welcome. How are you today? <laughs> Hello, I'm very good. And thank you for the introduction. Oh, please. We're super excited to have you. And well, first of all, I wanted to start like, um, I wanted to learn how does a localization producer day look like? I mean, what is it? Right. What does it take to be a localization producer? And if there were any tools or specific skills that you had to learn to master this role? Right. Very good question. Um, the a day of a localization producer really uh, depends on which um, part of the localization process or the game development uh, process the project is in at that moment because a localization producer is involved in almost every step of the dev cycle. So, um, mm -hmm. for example, um, you know, early on in the game development um, cycle, the developer might um, come to us uh, for consultation uh, regarding some of the game content. So, for example, um, you know, if there's some kind of artwork that um, they want to check would be uh, uh, culturally uh, suitable for Japan, mm -hmm. um, they would check with us. Um, or even, you know, it might be a question regarding uh, the Japanese ratings board if uh, any content is suitable for, you know, the rating that they want, uh, they would come to us. Uh, we're also involved in the translation and review process quite heavily, and uh, we're also uh, we also supervise audio recording sessions. So it can be quite a busy day, uh, taking into account that it we're not always necessarily working on one project at a time. Um, at times it can be hectic, but uh, it's always a fun day, uh, which is most important to me. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Um, in terms of um, the skill sets necessary uh, for a localization producer, um, I would say that um, communication skills um, are qu is quite crucial, um, whether it be uh, verbal or through text, um, because we basically most of our work involves communicating with multiple teams, uh, whether it be the devs, the testing team, um, the audio recording studio, uh, the ratings board. We communicate with a lot of teams. So it's crucial that we, um, when we do communicate, we, we communicate the necessary information in one go. Um, this is especially the case if if you're working with someone in a different time zone because one bad email um, could 
be night and day uh quite literally because you could lose <laughs> one entire, one entire day, day with a yeah oh yeah just could, in a question um, of minutes you lose an entire day <laughs> yeah exactly um especially you know if for example uh the time difference is 12 hours um mm -hmm. you barely have any overlap so maybe you send an email at the end of your day uh the reply comes in your morning, um, if the email was perfect, that's fine, right? Because um, you gave the necessary info and you would receive the required feedback. But if that email is bad, um, you have to wait an additional 12 hours to follow <laughs> up on that email. So I think, yeah, um, communication skills is key. Um, it's one of the uh, big things that I learned in my 13 years as a localization producer. Great. Well, thank you so much for, for that insight. And I wanted to follow up on the rating system because I'm familiar mm -hmm. with it, but I'm pretty sure that many of our uh, the people that are going to be watching this are not familiar with the rating system that you have in place in sure. Japan. So would you mind um, explaining that in more detail? Sure. Um, so the Japanese rating system is a... Uh, organization called CERO. Um, it's spelled mm -hmm. C-E-R-O. Mm -hmm. um, whenever you release a game on a console in Japan, um, the CERO rating is required. Um, and um, so the challenge, I think, for indie devs, um, or, or actually any, any AAA maybe uh, devs uh, that want to release their games in Japan, uh, I think the challenge is that Cero only operates in Japanese. Um, so oh. it can be a big challenge to really communicate with them in the first place. Um, so I, I think that's a big hurdle that, you know, um, the devs have to overcome when they want to get a rating in Japan. Um, yeah, and um, compared to uh, ratings... Uh, boards like ESRB, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, the Japanese ratings board is known to be a little more strict. Um, a, a little more might be an understatement. It's, very... <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a bit more strict than uh, what would you would see in the West. Um, mm -hmm. Now, um, without going into too much detail, um, it the Japanese in Japan, uh, we tend to be more strict in regards to gore. Um, so you know, yeah, game games like uh, The Last of Us, you know, it mm -hmm. can be quite gory. Um, so yeah, for sure, it, yeah. in some cases, a lot of softening. Uh, softening is when you take out certain content that wouldn't uh, be accepted by the Japanese rating board. Um, this softening is required for a lot of games that uh, release in the in Japan. Yeah, and I, I I was wondering how do the players react to that in Japan? Are they used to or because I know that there, as you mentioned, that there's a, a board that actually evaluates and assess the content of each game. Mm -hmm. But how do players react to that softening? Um. So. I think a handful of players um, understand that something was uh, done to their game, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, as in like some content was taken out um, because it, 
they, they had to comply with the ratings board. Um, mm -hmm. So obviously, uh, you know, for a game like maybe Doom or something like that, um, the violence is, you know, a pretty big part of that game. So yeah. once yeah, once once you tone that down, um, you know, I understand that some users aren't happy with you know that they would rather buy the Western version. <laughs> yeah, it's if, funny that if, you brought up yeah. Doom because it's basically <laughs> the essence of it. <laughs> you know, yeah, Violence. it's the essence. Of, Exactly. Um, and in some cases, um, you know, for example, Mortal Kombat, um, that's a game that cannot be released in Japan because if you soften that game, you don't have a game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. so... You have so... players doing friendships all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no more fatality for you. <laughs> no, no more fatality. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's a shame because there's a lot of games that um, I love. I personally love um, Dead Space being one of them. Um, and, you know, that's a franchise that needs to get to come back. Yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd love to see a Dead Space uh, sequel. But um, yeah, it's a shame that we don't see these games released in Japan um, just mm -hmm. because of the gore, which is quite unusual. Um, seeing that a lot of anime in, in Japan is right. very gory. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like com compared to cartoons or like even movies, they're very gory and graphic. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, it's I, I don't I can't say I understand it, the decisions fully, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's there and we have to follow it. So um, yeah. I'll be, do uh, you do you ever see this changing or those rules to be less strict in the near future? In the near future, um, I can't say I do. Unfortunately, um, Cero has been around for a long time, and um, you know, um, yeah, and I've worked with them a lot too. Um, and I understand, you know, some of the decisions they make, um, because, um, yes, some content should not be played by, you know, younger audiences. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. So, so I, I completely agree with them. On yeah, some, there's but... a thin line of looking after the players and the young audience and actually, um, censoring or exactly, maybe exactly. losing the whole essence of a game. But yeah, exactly. Well, thank yes. you so much. Thank you so much for for your insight on that. I know oh, that no I, I took over because I was so interested <laughs> in what you were saying. But go ahead, guys. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, but no, yeah, we, we we didn't we didn't prepare any questions about that. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I'm glad that you took that that away. Oh yeah, but... no, surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, the here's factors, another surprise for you. No. Um, <laughs> I want to know. Well, you worked for EA, right? But mm -hmm. now you have your own right. company. You have your own baby. Mm -hmm. So can you please tell me what it's like to run your own LLC? How was that change for you, right? If you're still sure. do like an octopus managing many different things. And mm -hmm. how was that process? I mean, was it something that you just jump for it or did you have it had it in your mind for a while can you please elaborate a little bit on that of course um so 
I was in EA Japan for 12 years, and then unfortunately in uh, 2019, uh, EA Japan uh, closed its doors. Oh. Um, and um, yeah, so it was, I started bonus stage um, basically the day after <laughs> um, EA Japan closed <laughs> wow. down. So You didn't um, lose didn't time. <laughs> no, I didn't want to lose time. Um, I just wanted to go for it straight away um so i pretty much dove into it head first <laughs> um into the deep end um and of course um there's there's a lot of you know challenges uh with running a company you know um so it's very different from my experience at eaj um but mm -hmm. at the same time um you know the 12 years of experience I had at EA really helped me um, start a localization company because, you know, I've gone through the entire localization process while I, while I was at EA. So, right. Um, so, uh, as well as running the company, because we're such a small team, um, I still am a localization producer as well. Right. Um, so, Sometimes juggling that can be a challenge uh, for sure, because, you know, back when I was, you know, didn't have my company, I didn't really have to worry about taxes or, uh, you know, yeah. the, the boring side of uh, running a company. But that, that is a big, big part of what you have to do when you run a company, you have to, um, you know, worry about taxes and you know bookkeeping and <laughs> accounting and everything like that so uh, you know and it's like juggling uh, a few things <laughs> but yeah and at um, the same still... time taking care of your team right yeah it's exactly. not just um, you anymore no that's uh, that's a huge difference for sure but uh now you started your own company the day just before the day after you left ea that EA closed down, right? You didn't left. EA left you. Right. right. So that, that's how, <laughs> how, how did you got into EA like 30 something years ago? How's the uh, backstory of it? Uh, right. That is a very interesting uh, story, actually. Um, I, We're I've all always about interesting stories. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was always into games. Uh, like you mentioned uh, in my profile, I got my first Game Boy when I was five. Um, yeah, your been... healthy obsession. Right? <laughs> my my, my healthy obsession with games. Um, so, so I loved games uh, all my life, uh, basically, but I never really um, considered making it my career. Um, so I... I like music uh, almost as equally as I like games. So um, I used to work at a uh, music venue um, mm -hmm. as a uh, just just at the bar, uh, making uh, <laughs> you know serving beer mm -hmm. to the customers yeah. and things like that. Um, and this is when my uh, my mom contacted me uh, and saying she found uh, an ad. Um, Go, mom. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, my thank you, mom, if you're watching. Um, <laughs> and hi, the ad was, hi, mom. <laughs> and the ad was for a position at 
uh, EA. Um, and it required some linguistic skills. And uh, since I was bilingual, she thought, you know, it would be a good fit for me. So, um, yeah, that's when I just thought I should go for this because um, working at a music venue, you really don't make much money. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Unfortunately. So, oh. Unfortunately. Um, so... I took I took the you know opportunity. Uh, I wanted to test my linguistic skills as well. So uh, yeah, I joined EA as a translator in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. And um, then then you know um, a position for assistant localization producer opened, so I applied, and that's basically you know then the dominoes start <laughs> yeah. falling in, and and here I am Look. now. <laughs> That's amazing. How, how old are how old were you when your mom showed you this ad? Uh I think I was twenty one. Uh, oh, you were a baby. You were a yeah. baby. baby. Yeah. It's a very long time ago. I wow. think I was twenty one. Yeah, it was a long time ago. <laughs> That's awesome. the coolest right story That's ever. A good how, story. Did you, <laughs> how did you start working at EA? Thanks to my mom. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so, she saw yeah. video games, like bilingual video skills, games, and bilingual. she was like, yeah, this is for you, this hey. for my kid. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure why I didn't think of that earlier. <laughs> and and it, I had to rely on my mom to uh, <laughs> come up, that, come up no, with that for but me. You, but you're <laughs> not alone, man. I mean, plenty of us didn't think about pursuing a career in the localization industry or in the video game industry up until right. we were much older than 21. Well, not much. Yeah, but older. it's amazing that your mom saw that there was potential in the video game industry. It's not, it wasn't just a hobby or like <laughs> a healthy obsession, right? Yeah, yeah. I think she saw me playing um, Nintendo 64 for like six, eight hours a day. And she must, she must have thought, you know, this is the this job for you. This needs to pay off. Like, this is for <laughs> did she ever play any games with you or did she when you were younger? Oh, she actually did. Uh, she used to play um, Animal Crossing on the Nintendo 64. Oh. Um, <laughs> Love it. So that's an old game. <laughs> Lore is but, a yeah. huge Animal Crossing fan. Yeah, yeah I spent same. a lot of the again early stages of lockdown playing that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the Switch version? Yeah, when it just came out on yeah, the Switch. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, can't buy a Switch anymore in Japan at least. <laughs> oh, I know, really? I'm glad we got ours. Yeah, it's, it's sold out. Yeah. Well, um, we thank you for well that story. We loved it. I mean, yeah, go. What's your, the name of your mom, by the way? Because <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> Uh, my mom's name is uh, Taiko. Uh, Taiko. We love Taiko. Hi, Taiko. Thank you for thank you, Taiko, for what you <laughs> bringing you hey <laughs> to the industry. That's an unexpected cameo. But a cute one, though. We'll be interviewing her next week. Oh, great, great! She'll love that. <laughs> Well, I wanted to take it back a little bit to the culture discussion that we were having sure, earlier, sure. Uh, because I have heard from a few different people in the localization industry that it's often easier to localize games from Japanese into English rather than from English into Japanese, since English speaking world just kind of eats up 
the entire Japanese aesthetic and mm, culture. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think it is about Japanese gaming or Japanese entertainment in general that appeals so strongly to the to English speaking audiences? I think the major difference is the exposure um, the Western audience has um, to Japanese uh, material when they were young. Um, mm -hmm. I lived in the UK when I was very small. I went to the UK when I was four and I stayed there seven years. So uh, I experienced this firsthand as well. But in, in Europe, there aren't many domestic um, animations. So a lot of what comes into Europe is uh, exports from the US or Japan. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for example, Power Rangers was huge when I was a kid, and that, that is a Japanese export. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same. Um, <laughs> and uh, Dragon Ball, of course, and uh, animes like that. Oh, you wore a t-shirt. <laughs> okay. We are big <laughs> fans of Dragon Ball as well. We yeah. grew up oh, with yeah. Dragon Ball. Yes, I <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I, I heard from my friends uh, in you know Italy, in uh, France, you know, um, they they told me that Dragon Ball was on TV, uh, you know, on Saturday mornings. Um, so mm -hmm. I think compared to you know Japanese people, uh, I think the Western audience had a lot of opportunities um, to um, you know be exposed to this new culture, which is Japanese culture, when they were small. So. You know, now they're grown up and, um, you know, if a game contains uh, very Japanese things, like, for example, you know, Persona 5. Um, Persona. What a <laughs> Very Japanese game. That's a very Japanese game because, and they're not even, you know, they don't try to uh, domesticate um, the content. Um, they they don't hide the fact that everyone is Japanese and they go to this Japanese school and yeah. they live in Shibuya. <laughs> Shibuya, um, yeah. Shibuya, yeah. So um, I I think um, the Western audience they, they can take that in more than a Japanese person can with Western content because they've been exposed to this thing, these kinds of uh, Japanese culture since they were young. Now, on the flip side, um, not a lot of cartoons make it over to Japan. Um, so everything, almost everything is foreign <laughs> to uh, a Japanese audience, um, mostly because there's so much uh, domestic content, uh, games, anime, uh, movies. So they, you know, they didn't really grow up watching anything outside uh, Japanese things. So I think that's the major difference. It's interesting. I guess it makes a lot of sense when you put it like that. I mean, you're naming shows and things. I'm like, oh yeah, that was from my childhood. Oh yeah, right, that. right. So yeah, I guess it really was having that Japanese entertainment was a big part of our childhoods here in yeah. the U.S. And we do still love it as adults. Yeah, that's a that's a big that's a big thing. So thank you, so... and thank you to Japan for all the awesome games and shows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, because it, it might be like, oh, yeah, this was whatever I did, whatever I watched while I was a kid, but it was the same thing that we watched as kids as well. So your export quality is top-notch, Yuhei. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Man. Well, yeah.
I'm not sure uh, if I can take credit credit for all of that, but <laughs> take it. <laughs> you are personally all, responsible for all the good games and shows coming out of Japan. You heard it here first. <laughs> well, he has been for like quite a while right now for all of his work at EA and now at his own company. So yeah, man, take it. Yeah, I'll, I'll take what I can. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> I'm responsible for everything. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, but yeah, we wanted to to know what do you think are the main challenges because we already talked about going from Japanese into English. So what are mm. the main challenges for indie devs to go from English into Japanese and to localize their game? Are there any specific adaptations? I mean, you talked about the rating system and all, but from right. your experience, have you seen any specific mistakes or, com or common mistakes throughout the years that people make on their when, when they develop their games? Not thinking about, of course, the, the target mm. audience. Right. Um, so, yeah, the uh, common challenge is... Um dialect um you know obviously english has so many uh dialects um you know and each of them are specific to that region um and that specific uh dialect has its own specific slang so um it's really difficult for a translator to be able to understand all these different english dialects and slang uh terminology mm -hmm. um so yeah you know for example if a if a character has a uh you know a very heavy cockney accent let's say the yeah. character's from you know yeah. london or something um mm -hmm. a lot of the things that he's saying um the translator will miss because they haven't grown up around you know this kind of uh english um Uh, a lot of times, um, people who study to become translators, they, you know, read the English from books. They hear the English from tapes. Right. Obviously, no one is going to start swearing in a textbook or um, <laughs> on a tape. But, um, you know, a game isn't a textbook. Um, the characters speak like normal people and normal people, you know, they swear and they don't use clean English. So... Um, yeah, one challenge I faced is just um, searching for translators that can understand this kind of uh, language. Um, yeah. I like to think that we have a strength there because, um, you know, everyone on the team, um, very diverse backgrounds. Uh, I grew up in London and uh, moved to uh, Germany, then Illinois. Um, so... If you're wondering, uh, very diverse. That's quite a very, shift. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you might be thinking my accent is uh, hard to put a finger on it. That's because it's uh, American Midwestern British, I would say. <laughs> Midwest. <laughs> Midwest. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm in Wisconsin right now. Wisconsin. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> That just came out by accident. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, so di yeah, um, finding a translator that, that can do that is very challenging. Um, mm -hmm. So having a team that is diverse, um, you know, 
I have my team has people from uh, the states, England, Ireland, uh, New Zealand. So in terms of slang and dialects, we have quite a few of the bases covered. <laughs> I would That's say. Amazing. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and on the topic of dialect, it's always challenging to uh, translate a dialect <laughs> mm -hmm. when the devs right. want the dialect to be portrayed in Japanese. Um, so um, let's say uh, a character speaks in a Scottish accent and the devs want us to portray that in Japanese. Uh, there is no Scottish Japanese accent. <laughs> um, yes. So you what do we do? It's, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, does it simply mean, you know, Scotland is the northern region of England? you know, not in the UK, the northern region of the UK. Uh, mm. So do we just pick a dialect that is the northern region of Japan? And of course, it's not that simple. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no. So, um, you know, in, in our case, what we do is uh, we try and figure out why the devs um, cho chose this particular dialect for this character. Um, the Scottish accent, um, it's it's usually seen as um you know a little rough um you know obviously it's uh it's an archetype it's uh it's not true not every scottish person is uh rough oh, yeah. but when you think about why the devs chose it you can kind of see um the characteristic they were trying to go for um so we try and focus on that characteristic um as opposed to the actual dialect because mm -hmm. translating the dialect uh, directly is impossible so right. just just focus on the character and make that come through in the translation. And then I think, you know, we can translate it the way the devs wanted. Yeah, and that so takes that... us back to communication. Communication is key to exactly. fully understand the backstory of each character and then try to right. portray it as, as the best you can in, in the target, for the target audience to get the same feel, you know? Right. So it's always a discussion with the devs because um, mm -hmm. in the end, we need to, you know, deliver what's best for the players. Yes, but we also need to deliver the message that the devs were going for. Exactly. So it's, um, yeah, we always ask questions to the devs and they always um, give us really good answers um, and information. So, you know, based on that information, we try to uh, translate and localize uh the content the best we can well that was a nicely oh. diplomatic answer at the end there I like <laughs> yeah that. <laughs> we always get good it, answers yeah. <laughs> always always 100 percent of the time <laughs> love it so, you can, thank you you might, you might have given a bit of of something away for for the for what I I mean to ask ask next, but um, uh -oh. as you know, many indie many indie devs um, usually want to get their name their games known worldwide, right? But mm -hmm. they just don't know where to start uh, when it right. comes to localization, right? So, what sort of advice could you give indie devs when it comes to localization? Um, yeah, the main advice I would give to uh, indie developers is uh, negotiation. Um, indie devs 
um, you know, compared to AAA or AA uh, companies, they have a limit on the budget uh, more often than not. So I think that's some indie devs might stop there. They might just say, we don't have money to localize it, so we can't. Um, but that's a shame because um, you could be missing out on a very big market and a very big, uh, big player base. So I would have to say, you know, just negotiate with the the localization team you want to work with. Um, you know, let's say you don't have a budget, then maybe you have something else to offer. Um, let's say, for example, we localize your game, so maybe you can put our logo on the splash screen or something like that. You know, there could be a win-win scenario without involving money. So um, I would say just just ask for a, a, a quote um, and see if it fits your budget. And um, if it doesn't, just just negotiate, you know, because there's really, uh, you won't lose anything from negotiating. Um, so, right. so that would again, be one advice. Communication, again, talk. Communication, yes. Time and time again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'll stop talking about communication now. <laughs> no. Please. No, that would be against our rule of communication. <laughs> communication. <laughs> <laughs> But you're shedding yeah. so much light into something that it sounds like it should be just common change, right? But it, it doesn't that much. That it's not that common. I mean, yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't ha be having this conversation because <laughs> sometimes yeah. indie devs, for example, are super. Maybe there's just uh, a one team person, or maybe two, or three if they're lucky exactly, and they exactly. don't even know where to start and sometimes it's good to 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 share these stories for them to know that there are other definitely. ways and, <laughs> and yeah don't just yeah definitely out. i would say um like i i if you google localization you know um a lot of companies come up um mm -hmm. and as an indie dev you might be intimidated <laughs> by oh, that yeah. because you know obviously the ones that come up on the top uh they've handled all these triple a games uh you know maybe they work with nasa or something like that <laughs> um so um it's easy to get intimidated by that and of course if you ask for a quote um it might be on the high end um mm -hmm. but I think it's it's important to search outside of you know the big names as well because there are a lot of uh, small indie studios um, that would be willing to negotiate a little more than the you know the more bigger companies would. So a good starting point I think would be to join just join an indie community. Um, there's mm -hmm. a very good one in Japan called Asobu. Uh, they have a huge presence uh, on Discord as well. And it's just a group of uh, indie devs uh, coming together, talking about their own games, um, asking for help. Um, so just, yeah, just join a, a group and then make connections. And then you, you'd be surprised, like, how many people, uh, how many, you know, localization studios there might be. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. That's a great advice. Hey, thanks. It really is such a nice community too. So like you said, 
reaching out, I think is a really good idea. Getting yeah, it, it is. It. Yeah. Um, so in addition to gaming, we know you also dabble in music and skateboarding. Is it snowboarding mm -hmm. as well or just skateboarding? Oh, it's just skateboarding. Yeah. In skateboarding, um, which are, I mean, both just very classic cool guy attributes that I'm totally digging. And we yep. know that you've assembled a team at Bonus Stage that have backgrounds in music and other arts as well, in addition to their gaming backgrounds. So as somebody with negative musical talent myself, <laughs> I'm wondering, <laughs> <laughs> admittedly, does music and game does the music and games tend to work regardless of the international audience or is that something that you find really benefits from the localization treatment you know specializing it for a certain linguistic group in every game um let me first clarify that i uh got into music and skateboarding for the pure reason of looking cool yeah makes sense. <laughs> don't we all <laughs> Um, so sorry, your question was, uh, music and video games. Yeah. Um, so the music mm -hmm. and games, when you're, when you're localizing these games, you know, music is often such a big part of the games that we play. And mm -hmm. so is that something that generally translates well when you're localizing a game to an international oh, right. audience? Yeah. I, I mean, um, Japan tends to follow the trend of, um, the U S in terms of, uh, musical uh you know what what's what's big right now so um for example uh i'm gonna sound out of touch <laughs> uh, with, uh guys um you know obviously dubstep was very big uh a few mm -hmm. years ago mm -hmm. maybe not a few years ago maybe <laughs> quite a while ago um and then you know a few months later it's big in japan as well so, you know, back back when dubstep was big, a lot of video games were incorporating dubstep uh, into their soundtrack. Um, so the Japanese audience, you know, they, they didn't really have any trouble uh, getting into that either because uh, we tend to like a similar genre to what everyone in the U.S. likes. Well, it's nice. Then it kind of, you don't have to completely come up with a new soundtrack every time you're... Yeah. Localizing no, a game. No. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be a, a whole new additional step to the localization process if we had to yeah. rewrite the music. <laughs> <laughs> it might be fun though. <laughs> Maybe just for some games. Maybe not every game. <laughs> yeah, not not every game, please. <laughs> At least it's too much work. <laughs> I won't make you. <laughs> yeah, and now that you said fun. Uh, we're gonna go to the fun part of our interview. Even though I had a great time during this this session, um, oh, we we ask you to share with us um, a set of memes. What your favorite meme? So I'm gonna share oh, my screen now. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> so well, thank you so much, uh, um, Yuhei, for sh sharing your memes. So this is the first oh, one. Love, I love memes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> nope. No. 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 I didn't get anything. <laughs> I was loaded. <laughs> this is a Every true story. Um, yeah, my friends do this to me all the time. My, oh, really? My, my friends do this to me all the time. Yeah, with friends like that, you don't need the enemy. Right? <laughs> exactly. I know, right? And where are you? What are you playing with your friends right now? 
Uh, I'm playing Apex Legends um, like cool. everyone else in Japan. Um, even if I <laughs> wanted to play anything else, my friends are playing Apex. So I don't really have, have much of a choice. <laughs> yeah. But Apex yeah, anytime Apex. Apex or Apex. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anytime I play Apex, I'm, by the way, I'm I'm terrible at Apex to oh, begin I with. I suck but, at Apex. Uh, <laughs> it's such a difficult game, but every time mm -hmm. I um every time I go into a game, I end up running around with uh, two scopes and no gun, and while my friends are just de decked out in the best gear. So, <laughs> so everyone can tell them, yeah. can tell whenever you got something from the ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I have to keep reminding them that this is a team game. Uh, yes, you know. <laughs> so maybe but, help and, me. By the yeah. way, who, what what character do you pick usually? Uh, Bangalore, because I don't uh -huh. have any, anyone else locked. The, the, you know, the new legends, I don't have them unlocked. So um, I usually right. stick to Bangalore because she's, you know, one of the the closer characters to like you know a common FPS. You know, yeah. wh where the the abilities are, you know, relatively simple compared to the other legends. So mm -hmm. I tend to stick with her because she's the only one. I can use. <laughs> Narrows down sense. the options well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So the next one. <laughs> oh, I love, I love this one. Look, I, I love this one. <laughs> Donuts yeah, are great. Like, <laughs> like I did always I mean, want to eat the food watching the show, though. Like as a kid, for some reason, the food always looked so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every the, single the time. Japanese sweets. Maybe uh -huh. they they look good, don't they? Yeah. Well, so, it happened I, to me a yeah. lot with Dragon Ball as well. Every single time that they are eating, it's like I'm hungry. Oh, I need Dragon to Ball! Be yeah, <laughs> having those Dra huge feasts. The, <laughs> the huge, like the dinosaur tails. They the dinosaur tail. Things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and that uh, brings us to the next. Oh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yep. I had to ask uh, Alex to sneak this one in because it's it's not related to games and it's not related to localization. But I I like Dragon Ball, so I believe I that Goku to... Goku has a free pass. Oh, Goku yeah. has a free pass yeah. right now, oh. always, always. And I had to sneak <laughs> one for the sake of it because I, when I saw that you're a big fan of Dragon Ball, I had to include this one as well. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball. I wasn't expecting this one. Oh no! I know the surprise factor. <laughs> Poor Yamcha. <laughs> Wait, yeah. that's a pronunciation in Japanese, like the proper one. Uh, well, the proper one would be Yamcha. Yamcha. What What is it in your region? No, Yamcha. Wait. But I, Yamcha. I, I, I thought I heard something. I thought I heard Yamka. No, oh, that might be somewhere different. It's uh, Yamucha wow. in uh, in uh, Japan, and Yamucha actually means um, a Chinese a Chinese dish or a Chinese buffet. Uh, oh. Dragon Ball names Dragon Ball names are all based on food or clothing <laughs> yes. items. Gohan That's is why nice. I love them something so like much. that. Go We're gonna have to have yeah. a separate talk about this because I was not aware, and I would like to get educated on this. Oh, I would love to talk about Dragon Ball for another three hours or something. But, yeah. Um, 
right, Gohan next week. literally <laughs> next week. Let's do that. Gohan after the, we uh, interview with your mom. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot my mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> after her session, we'll have our Dragon Ball session. Okay. Okay. But I want to know what Gohan. If I got Gohan right. Gohan is right, um, and that literally means uh, food. Well, not food, but dinner. Oh, so, uh, I love it. Well, I love it. Yeah. When I thought uh, I couldn't love um, Dragon Ball anymore, like, you come and share this information, and it's like, <laughs> of course, they are related. Yeah, their the names na- are related to food. <laughs> the names are fascinating, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's the and oh yeah, and great. mr oh. business came to say hi <laughs> Hello. <laughs> he's trying to put his paw in my coffee so now he gets to sit on my lap and time out <laughs> time out <laughs> okay <Perfect> timing <laughs> time out <laughs> no, look at his face he's all grumpy <laughs> like i need my I, coffee I, I want coffee this poor abused cat <laughs> so sorry you have to see this here at the end of the session <laughs> <laughs> well, Yuhei, it was lovely to have you with us today. Oh, my I... pleasure. Thank you so much. And well, we hope to continue discussing or, or, or Goku or any other <laughs> characters or Gohan or even the names of. I would love to to learn more about that. And as you said, I could be talking for hours about Dragon Ball. So hopefully, we can meet again and. Um, Meet in person, maybe <laughs> next year. Yeah, that would be wonderful. That would be <laughs> yeah, amazing. absolutely. Yeah. I'll bring my well, mom. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we we already love her and say hi and thank her for bringing you to the localization industry. Oh yeah, and well, we hope you have a lovely weekend because we're recording this on a Friday. So thank you for staying up this late for us. Oh and... no problem. No problem. Thank you so much. It was much. amazing to have you. So stay safe stay. and thank you everyone for watching. Stay tuned for thank the next guys. episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See you next Bye. time. <laughs>